Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to talk to you in this podcast about Santa Claus. I love Santa Claus, and I'm grateful to have a chance to talk about him. Many people get nervous about Santa Claus. They see the Santa Clauses in the malls, and they, they're not sure that you know Christians especially should be thinking about Santa Claus. But I want to change your understanding just a little bit, maybe from what you've been taught, and tell you about the history of Santa Claus and tell you how we got to where we are now. Because I love Christmas. I love the celebration of Christmas. I often say I cry every year when the angel gets his wings in the movie, The It's a Wonderful Life. And so I'm a real sap, a real uh, emotional person about Christmas, and I want you to enjoy it too. So let me talk to you about Santa Claus. Where did he come from? Who is he? Was he just made up by the people at Walmart, or is there a real great tradition to Santa Claus? Well, Santa Claus was a real man who lived hundreds of years ago. He lived about three, four hundred years after Jesus, and his name was Nicholas. Nicholas lived in what is now Turkey, uh, in a in a town called Lycia or Lycia, uh, and also he's known to be uh, associated with a town called Myra. But basically, he li- he was born and lived around the southern coast of what today is Turkey. Uh, And he was from a very, very wealthy family, and that family converted to Jesus, and all of them became Christian believers. So Nicholas was a a serious Christian. He was a man who wanted to serve God, and he was living there on the southern coast of Turkey, the southern area of Turkey, and he was trying to do God's will. Well, he became a pastor, and eventually he became a bishop. Back in the early part of the church, every city had a bishop. Uh, a man who was sort of an overseer, a man who was a shepherd. In fact, uh, many of these bishops walked around with shepherd's crooks. You know, you remember the traditional image of a shepherd. He had actually a a big thing that looks like a tall cane. It was a shepherd's crook, and he would use that to pull his sheep back in line or to tap them on their rumps so that they would behave. And so when the Christians uh, made certain leaders uh, super shepherds or men who would oversee cities, Many times the way they were identified is they too would carry shepherd's crooks or, or shepherd's sticks or, or the big canes that shepherds would carry. So this is what Nicholas became. He became the bishop of the city of Myra. Well, there was horrible persecution that broke out during the church in those days, and Nicholas was imprisoned. This was during the persecutions that broke out under a Roman emperor named Diocletian. Uh, many, many people were killed. Many Christians were martyred, were murdered uh, for their their faith. Uh, Nicholas was in prison for a long time, but he was not killed. He was released. And so he made a trip to the Holy Land and uh, went to make, as they used to call it, pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And uh, when he returned, he wanted to serve God even more devotedly. He wanted to more, even more passionately serve Jesus. And uh, so he became a bishop of even a larger region uh, there in Turkey. And what really causes us to remember his character is a story that comes from about that time. Uh, Here he was, the bishop of a city, and he became aware of a sailor who didn't make much money, but had three daughters. And at that time, a father of daughters 
if he was going to marry those daughters to a man, he was expected to give what was called a dowry to the family of the husband, of the groom, of the one who was going to marry his daughters. Well, this sailor did not have a lot of money, so he had no dowry to give uh, if his daughters were married. Well, this apparently kept young men from being interested in his otherwise very pretty daughters. And so he was very grieved. He couldn't, he couldn't offer a dowry. He couldn't do what was required at the time to marry his daughters to find young men. When Nicholas, Bishop Nicholas, found out about this, uh, he, being a wealthy man, took three bags of gold and gave them to this sailor so that he would have a dowry for his three daughters because Apparently, if if these girls had not been married off, they would have had very difficult lives. And some traditions say they might even have become prostitutes. You know, it was a horrible, horrible thing not to be married off at that time. And so Nicholas used his own money to make it possible for the daughters of these, the the three daughters of this sailor uh, to be able to be married. Well, people were so moved by this generosity and so touched by Bishop Nicholas's care for the poor in his congregation in his city, they would call it a diocese now, um, that this was remembered. And uh, of course, Nicholas died eventually, but people always remembered his kindness. They always also always remembered his faith, the fact that he stood strong even when he was arrested for being a Christian. They remember what a great bishop and a pastor he was, and they remembered his kindness for the poor. Well, to this day, uh, the Roman Catholic Church and other parts of the church uh, remember Nicholas, and they consider him the patron saint of children and sailors. Now, this is not a, tradi- a view that you know many people who are Protestants hold, but it just helps us remember how parts of the church remembered Nicholas. The Roman Catholic Church considers him a patron saint, and they consider him the patron saint of children and sailors. But what's more important for our purposes is that the church said, let's remember this saint on December the 6th. So every year on December the 6th, uh, the church would remember this godly man named Nicholas, who was the bishop of Myra and Lycia in southern Turkey. And they would remember his generosity to the sailor and his daughters. And uh, they would reenact some of the things that he did. Um, bishops in cities around the world would would go dress up like Nicholas and in the, in the clothes he would have worn and carrying the shepherd, shepherd's crook and walk around the city. Uh, they would visit children. They would do acts of generosity. In some places, miracles were reported. And in this way, Nicholas was remembered as a kind man who cared for children, cared for sailors, and whose faith inspired the church for centuries to come. So this Saints Day, this this holy day, this day in which the church remembers Nicholas is December the 6th. Well, you can tell that's pretty close to Christmas. And so people would still be celebrating Nicholas at around the time of the birth of Jesus or the time the church chose to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And over the centuries, changes came in Nicholas's name and some some additional uh, some new kinds of ways of remembering him, picturing him, and celebrating him uh, sort of came about. For example, changes in his name occurred, uh, whereas uh, most people would call him St. Nicholas because, again, he was his name was Nicholas and he was a saint in the church. Um, the Dutch word for St. Nicholas is Sinterklaas, one word, S-I-N-T-E-R-K-L-A-U-S, Sinterklaas. Well, that's pretty close to our Santa Claus 
in England, St. Nicholas is called Father Christmas. In Russia, he's called Grandfather Frost. <laughs> so they have many different names for him, but all of them are intended to remember this godly man who lived three or 400 years after Jesus did on the earth, uh, whose name was Nicholas. And you can tell that because our American history was very influenced by the Dutch, that it didn't take much to go from Sinterklaas, the Dutch name for Nicholas, to where it would just be Santa Claus, even though the word Santa is uh, a word for saint. Uh, Klaus is not anywhere close to Nicholas, really. But you can just see how these words would evolve and people would hear them and not really know how they were spelled and, and say them. So that's how we got the name Sinter, uh, Santa Claus. We got it from the Dutch who called St. Nicholas Sinterklaas. Okay. Well, where do some of these other traditions come from? I mean, I have a little statue that I have in my home that friends gave me years ago because I teach about Santa Claus, and it's a statue of, of, of St. Nicholas, and he's carrying his shepherd's crook, and he has the clothes that a bishop would have worn at that time, and, and he has a tall hat that's just like what they would have worn at that time, and clearly he's a religious man. Clearly he's like, a, well, when you see the Pope on TV, he's wearing a robe and a tall hat. Sometimes he has a shepherd's crook, and that's what St. Nicholas would have looked like, and that's what he would have worn. But as time went on, these traditions changed quite a bit, and they changed a lot because of artwork, uh, and especially here in the United States. In the late 1800s, there was a very famous German cartoonist living in America whose name was Thomas Nast. Very, very famous cartoons. In fact, his cartoons were so famous that when he started uh, using a donkey and uh, an elephant to depict the two political parties in America, the Republicans and the Democrats, it stuck. And if you notice when you watch debates today or you look at political cartoons or read articles about our politics, the Republicans are symbolized by a donkey, the Democrats are symbolized by an elephant, and that came from Thomas Nast, this famous, famous um, cartoonist. Well, he also drew pictures of Santa Claus, and uh, he was very influenced by a poem you might know something about. Uh, it was called A Visit from St. Nicholas, but you might know it better by the title Twas the Night Before Christmas. It was written by Clement Moore, and it's a very, very famous poem. I'm sure you've heard it many times. But in the poem, uh, this man Santa Claus is described, and, uh, and, Th and Thomas Nast, the cartoonist, said, well, there's a good description of who this man is. I'll, I'll draw that, those pictures. I'll draw pictures of that Santa Claus. And so he gives us a different version, a different picture of who Santa Claus is from the godly bishop look, you know, with the hat and the robe and the, and the shepherd's crook. He gives us instead a man in, in furry red clothes and a big white beard and so on. And so that begins to change the image of who Santa Claus is in our society. Another kind of funny source for a change in who Santa Claus is, is that the advertising for Coca-Cola that began early last century in the early 1900s uh, also began to use pictures of Santa Claus as a guy in a red suit with white fur trim and, 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 a, and a floppy hat and black boots and, you know, the image that you now think of. That came both from Coca-Cola advertising and from Thomas Nast. And then there are a lot of other traditions, too, about Santa Claus. For example, you hear all about his sleigh and you hear all about the, the reindeer and how they fly through the air. Well, of course, this had nothing to do with the original St. Nicholas, the godly pastor who we remember. Uh, this is where uh, some people merged the story of Santa Claus 
with pagan myths, with Norse or, or, or Northern European myths uh, of the god Thor who flew through the air and had magical powers. And for example, just think for a moment of the names of some of uh, this, this figure's reindeer, Vixen, Donner, Blitzen, Cupid. These are the names of pagan gods from the old world. So some people merged in very secular pagan mythologies, and they added them on to St. Nicholas. Well, so St. Nicholas was a man who lived at a certain time in history, and many people remember him now, and they associated with Christmas because his, the day the church remembered him was December the 6th, very close to December 25th when Christmas takes place. And I don't think we should be offended that people remember him. In fact, every time I see someone dressed up as Santa Claus in the mall, I think, hey, thank God. People are maybe having a chance now to remember this godly pastor who faced persecution for the gospel, who loved children, who loved sailors, who was generous, and who was a great pastor in what is now Turkey for the gospel of Jesus. I'm glad that he's remembered. I'm glad his name is out there, even if we say Santa Claus rather than saying St. Nicholas. And this is what's awesome about this story uh, is that it, I think we can enjoy Santa Claus. I think we can remember him. I think we can uh, talk about his life and his character. And I'm grateful that he's even brought up every Christmas because it's a chance for our culture that has forgotten so much about the great leaders of old to remember this godly man named St. Nicholas. So you don't have to believe that this man flies through the sky in a sleigh and, and has reindeer that are magical and so on. Uh, you can just sort of laugh that off. But we should remember this godly pastor named Nicholas. We should be glad that he came to our American shores with the Dutch under the name Sinterklaas. And we should be grateful that he's remembered. Because you know what? I bet a lot of your friends uh, know about Santa Claus, but they don't know about Nicholas. So this will give you a chance, especially if you've got young friends who enjoy Christmas. You know, you can tell the story of the true St. Nicholas and tell about how he was generous and how he loved children and, and, and how, you know, many times throughout history, people have dressed up like him. And you can even maybe find a picture in some encyclopedias or something or online that show what he would have looked like when he was walking around his cities as a bishop. Don't be afraid of Santa Claus. There's no reason for us to be confused or nervous about remembering him. He was a godly man who helped spread the faith just like he would want you to do. He's not the center of Christmas. That honor belongs to Jesus. But he is a bishop who stands there saying, yes, look at Jesus. And it also allows us a chance to remember his character and his life and to go and live lives of that degree of generosity, that degree of courage, and that degree of tender care for children. So Merry Christmas to you. Enjoy your Christmas. Don't be afraid of the traditions. And remember the life of jolly old St. Nicholas from 400 years after the birth of Jesus. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. 
This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.